The topic is, I feel emotionally disconnected from Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Or, I feel very negative, very negative emotions. I'm triggered in a very negative way by these days, by this time of the year. It's very difficult for me. It's emotionally extremely burdensome and maybe painful and maybe even worse for some people. And this is a special workshop, a pre-Rosh Hashanah workshop for people who experience pain and anxiety and stress, especially around this time of the year, what we call the high holidays, the Yom Merayim, Elul, Rosh Hashanah, Sarasim Yom Kippur, etc. We want to be here very real, very authentic, very compassionate, and most importantly, very open. Everybody should be able to feel that uh, you can share what's on your mind and what's on your heart. And together, supporting each other with love and lack of judgment, judgment in a negative way, of course, we can all grow and uh, and find deeper places of, of, of confidence and comfort and healing within ourselves. So over the next 20, 25 minutes, I'm going to address a few fundamental ideas that I think can be extremely, extremely helpful. Sorry. That I think can be extremely helpful for all of us. And then we're going to go straight to questions. And as I said, everybody can ask whatever you want. There's no taboo and you don't have to hold back from any question. Okay, this is a place where every question is accepted and embraced with full dignity. You don't have to be embarrassed or shy or think you're going to be cut down or knocked down or scrutinized or penalized for sharing what's on your mind and that's your heart. Because if, I should say this at the onset, if the whole experience of the holiest days of the Jewish calendar can only be experienced if I'm not being honest with my emotions, and if I can't share myself and yourself with your totality, then is it really worth anything? If the entire relationship that I have with Judaism, with myself, with my family, with God, with my spouse, with religion, with life, is in a way that I have to amputate 50% of my personality or 70% of my personality, tie my hands behind my back and cut off half of my heart and half of my brain. Obviously, it's a very, very impoverished and a very poor relationship. So the the foundation of all these days is that these are days of, of real openness, when we really want to be able to open up. And openness means I open up about everything, everything that's going on within my life. Now, I'm going to say a few ideas. And I'm going to say this on the onset. These ideas will be worthless if they're heard through the brain. (laughs) I know we're Jews. We like using our brain. We like using our heads. I'm also a Jew. I know what that's about. But they're going to be worthless or almost worthless. What I'm going to ask of myself and of you encourages as much as possible, be able to listen to me, not with your brain, but to listen to me with your body. In other words, if your body can trust these words, if it could be somewhat of a somatic experience, to the best of our ability, but if you could just try to absorb this, not with another idea, another lecture, another sheer, another kvetch, another tulpul, another lecture by Rabbi Weiwei Jacobson, another clip, But really, if I and you can hear this viscerally, you know, with our gut, with with, with our kishkas, with our heart, in our nervous system, 
that will be far more effective. Okay, idea insight number one, perspective number one. Rosh Hashanah is defined as the day of coronation. It's the day when we coronate the Rebbeinah Shalom God as the king. And if you look at the prayers of Rosh Hashanah, that is the most predominant theme in the Shemayna Esra. And then most of the davening and prayers of Rosh Hashanah is the Simlech Atu Hashem Alekeinu Levadech. What does we coronate you? We coronate God. Ki as Shoifer of Sadiqan says is because that's what they did when they coronated kings. They blew, they, 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 they blew the sound, they blew the ram's horn and the blasts represented the coronation of a new king. In England, they're now going to be, they're soon going to be coronating a new king, Charles III, and you'll see the pump in which the British do it. So Rosh Hashanah is some type of taste. It's not, it's not King Charles III. It's, it's the Havdil, the king of kings, Malach Malach What does this even mean? What does it mean? If I don't coronate Hashem, he won't be a king. If he creates the world, he needs me or you or somebody else to coronate him. And I think the most important idea is, and this is an idea that's discussed by the Balatanya, the Alter Rebbe, and also in other works, the idea is as follows. The core of coronation, the idea of coronation is that God, who's infinite and therefore didn't have to create a world, says there's something in each and every individual person that is so special, that is so beautiful, that is so amazing, that I, I don't want to be alone in my infinity. Even more important for me, even more important than me being perfect and infinite is that I should have a relationship with you. And that's why the whole creation came about. And the whole coronation is really God's vulnerability and saying and begging and pleading. Shatamli Gemara says, Hashem asks the Jews, Shatamli Chuni Aleichem. I want to be connected to you. I want to have a real relationship with you. I'm infinite, perfect. So what can be better than infinity and perfection? One thing, a relationship. A relationship with you. So God goes out of his infinite exclusivity and isolation. It's not really isolation because there's nothing else. But I'm calling it isolation. And it says, no, I want you. The foundation is that there's something, something so marvelous and something special that he, Hashem, feels in you and me and each and every one of us and says that that relationship is worth more than anything. Point number one. Point number two. One of the biggest triggers for people during this time of the year is all the confessions. In Slichas, in the Davening, in the Yom Kippur, Hashamnu, Bagadnu, we sinned, I sinned, we all sinned. I'm not going to be arrogant and tell you that I didn't sin. I did sin and wipe out my sins and please wipe out my sins and I'm so embarrassed and I'm so humiliated. And as some of the questions that came in, you know, I have enough shame in my life on a good day. This time of the year, I go to shul and the shame increases so profoundly. Let me tell you what I feel is the main work or one of the main aspects of work for every person who's listening to this program is going to listen to this program let me tell you what I feel. And I'm just going to say a little intro. Some of you are going to understand very well what I'm saying, and some of you are not, and that's fine. Certainly. People throw around the word trauma a lot these days. We know that. But we all know that there's trauma and there's trauma. 
There are things in life that are aggravating, very aggravating, but that's not the trauma we're addressing. The trauma for which you came to fresh start to help heal or any, any method of healing that people in, with trauma are dealing with is a trauma that really impairs you. It's a trauma that impairs you. It's a trauma that has made you, that has injured your soul, injured your brain, and not just spiritually, but as we know, very, very practically, very tangibly, it, it sometimes show, even shows up on the brain. It's traumas that have made us live our lives in a way that was often very dysfunctional. We cannot connect emotionally. Hard to cope, hard to trust people, always feeling judged, uh, hard to, to, to feel free, even hard to take yourself seriously, hard to, to believe in yourself. Difficult to think that you deserve any love, any dignity. Somebody who does not have this does not understand what I'm saying. And you know what? Thank God. Baruch Hashem. You don't understand what I'm saying. But those of you who deal with this, not just you have a pain in your life. It's a pain that may have caused some of us to, to, to shut down in very significant ways. And our methods of living are basically coping mechanisms coping mechanisms, always in survival mode, very often extremely defensive without even knowing how scarred and injured we may be. And not because of anybody's fault, not because somebody tried to do this. On the contrary, every one of us with trauma would love to be completely free. But the trauma sits in our body and sits in our brains and often paralyzes us. I know this resonates at least with a few people. So now let me tell you something very important. I believe that during this time of the year, every time we say in the prayers, I want to confess for this sin, for that sin, I have betrayed you, I have transgressed, my, my negative inclination has overtaken me and I came so far from you, and I am guilty in all of these stuff. I want each and every one of you to understand that you are addressing the trauma inside of you. The Yetzir Hara, what we call the evil inclination, for so, so, so many in today's day, is not an evil inclination that you decided to follow your evil inclination. It's the trauma that often takes over my life and literally robs me from joy and freedom. I'm living with anxiety. I'm living with panic. I'm trying to please everybody. I'm fighting. I'm, fl- I'm in fight. I'm in flight. I'm in freeze. I'm in fawn. Whatever the situation is. When I talk about I have sinned, I have betrayed, I have been neglectful. Don't, don't talk about yourself. Your core is as beautiful and as holy as it can be. I'm addressing my trauma, and that is a very, very healing moment. Because if I do have trauma, the best thing for my life, the best thing for our life is to be able to identify it, to be able to say, yes, my trauma caused me to run. My trauma caused me addiction. My trauma caused me to shut down my emotions. My trauma caused me to detach My trauma caused me always to ruin every relationship I'm involved when the person gets too close to me because with my trauma, I feel like I'm garbage and I don't deserve to have a relationship. I don't deserve to be loved. I don't even exist. If you can do that, 
if I can start identifying and saying, yes, my trauma causes me to shut down. My trauma causes me to hurt sometimes my own loved ones. And I don't want to. I don't want to. My trauma causes me whatever it causes me. I can identify. And that becomes my confession. Instead of a confession that says, I'm evil, I'm horrible. That's exactly what the trauma wants you should say. Don't do that. Address, address that part of me that has become unfortunately damaged as a result of abuse, as a result of rape, as a result of molestation, as a result of emotional neglect, as a result of developmental trauma, and as a result of various events that may have occurred in one's life, one-time events or continuous events, events that may have seemed big or may have seemed small, events that you may have not known about for 20, 30, 40 years, they were in the subconscious and then they recently emerged. To be able to look at that and own that, and own that, that's amazing. I know of a, of a person who's had very, very serious trauma. He's been molested by his father for years and affected his whole life, his whole life terribly. And in his particular case, he became unbelievably defensive. He couldn't let anybody in because it was too, too, too dangerous. You know, he had to, he had to be a people's pleaser and he had to always be perfect and he had to perform well. And he was going through this healing process and uh, somebody very close to him shared with him some very, very honest feedback about his life. And when the person finished, the person asked this, this, this person, this trauma victim, did you take it in a wrong way? Did you feel attacked? Because very often if somebody is in trauma, we can have the most loving conversation, but I feel attacked. Do you feel attacked? And the person responded and he said, my trauma felt attacked. I didn't feel attacked. My trauma felt attacked. And when I heard that, I gave him a standing ovation. I gave him a standing ovation. He didn't say I didn't feel, he did feel attacked, but he knew it was my trauma felt attacked. Whereas Viktor Frankl said, between stimuli and reaction, there's always a, there could be a little space. And in that space is where human freedom is, where there's growth. If you said something to me, and I'm triggered, I'm triggered, I'm overwhelmed. I got to run, or I got to attack, or I got to manipulate, or I got to shut down. If I can create space, if I have a little space, and say, wow, 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 wow. Look at what just happened inside of me. And then I can choose if I'm responding from my wholesome, inner, invincible, divine core, or from a broken place. All the confession. Throughout the whole Yom Kippur and all these days, your whole Yetzirah, remember what it is. You're addressing the trauma that has eaten up so much of your authenticity. And yes, you're asking your creator to help you live a life not based on the voices inside of me that have been ingrained in me maybe from age three or age four or age seven or age eight or any age that have told me, you don't deserve to be, I don't deserve to be loved. I'm worthless. I'm meaningless. I'm a shmata. I should have died 
I don't, I'm not allowed to have an opinion. I have no identity. I am a piece of shame and garbage. I am an embarrassment to myself, to humanity, to God. Yes, I want to be able to be healed from those voices. I may not be able to extricate them from my life, but if I can identify them, wow. Next point. We coronate God on Rosh Hashanah. But let me tell you something equally important. You know who else you're coronating on Rosh Hashanah? Yourself. Yourself. Because if every person was created in Hashem's image, and if the soul is called, like it says in Tanya, the soul is a piece of Hashem. It's a derivative of the consciousness of infinity. Don't just think we're coronating God up there as a big, mighty king who has power. Yes, but that's not so important. Let me tell you what is equally important, maybe sometimes more important. You're coronating the divine inside of you. God's God's confidence can't be destroyed by abuse. God's power can't be destroyed by abuse. God's inner light can't be destroyed by abuse. God's love can't be destroyed by abuse. When we say that at our core we're divine, it means that you have at your core, you're invincible, you're indestructible. Nobody and no perpetrator can ever snuff out from you your compassion, your joy, your creativity, your dreams, your ambitions, your possibilities, your vitality, your your freedom, your curiosity, your creativity, your deep, deep, profound energy. And confidence. Nobody can. But who is the king in my life? This Rosh Hashanah we say, Avinu malkeinu ein lanu melech I have no king but you. Let me interpret that for all of us tonight. Ask yourself, who is the king in my life? Who is the queen in my life? Is it Queen Elizabeth II? Is it King Charles III? Or... It may be my trauma, maybe my anger, maybe my dysfunction, maybe my pain. My trauma is my king. My addictions are my king. My detachment is my king. They rule my life. They run my life. What if you and I can coronate this year? I have trauma. I have brokenness. But who's the king? Who's the king in my life? Who is the one behind the steering wheel? Who is the one that makes the decisions and defines how I father my children, how I'm a husband to my wife, how I take care of myself, how I deal with people, strangers or friends? Who? Is it my trauma that calls the shots or is it my divinity that calls the shots? When I can discover on Rosh Hashanah that I'm going to coronate my true king and that is the godliness inside of myself. Ah. Then I know every moment of my life has infinite value. I know that my being is priceless and I don't need anybody's validation. But again, I can't do it with my brain. I can only do it with my body. One final point. The day of judgment. The day of judgment. Somebody told me, Rabbi Waiwai, I felt judged every day of my life. I have never experienced a day without judgment. 
The judgment was so deep that I didn't even realize what it means to live without judgment because it was just part of the fabric of my existence. I didn't even know what it means to live a life without being judged. This person felt judged and still feels judged constantly by everybody. Somebody walking in the street, you don't even know them. I'm judged because the judgment comes from such a deep, deep, deep place. And I know the story that happened to them and I understand why it's, I know the story that happened. And now we speak about Yimei Haddin, days of judgment. So I think we have to, we need to be able to work this out in ourselves. Okay? We all talk about don't judge, don't judge. We don't want to judge. Stop judging me. I don't want to be judged. Stop threatening me with penalties and punishments. And maybe the word judgment is really a real trigger, and I understand that. But let me ask you a question. And be honest with me. If every one of you is listening right now or listening later or watching now or watching later has the opportunity to sit down with somebody and there's three things that you know about this person and it's not you know it here. You feel it in your gut. Your body knows it. Your, your nervous system knows it. Your kishkas know it. And every part of your, every cell in your body feels it. You're sitting with somebody, three things. Number one, This person loves you unconditionally and there's nothing that you can say or do to them or to anybody else that will minimize the love. Number two, this person doesn't only love you as a little child wants to see you small and cute, but this person wants to see you blossom. And as they say in Yiddish, forgins you, would love to see you fly and have the greatest success that you are capable of having in life. So it's not just, you know, I love you like this little cute thing, as long as you're small and meek and cute and adorable and I can pinch your cheeks. But the moment you're big and strong, I hate you. No, no, no. (laughs) I, I, I love you and I cherish you and I believe in you and I want to see you fly. But one more thing. This person also knows everything about you. They know every struggle. They know every painful experience. They know everything that has occurred to you in your home, in your relationships, in your school, in your camp. They know exactly how your brain works and how it was affected by life's vicissitudes and experiences. They know about the trauma. They know about the scars, the injuries, the wounds, physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. And therefore, when they see your strength and your courage, they're the first ones to give you the greatest standing ovation. And now they come over to you and they say, let me hold your hand and let's go through your life together. And let's identify the decisions you have made based on the pain that has been caused to you by others. And let's see how together we can create a future that is much more powerful and much more brighter. Tell me, friends, would you welcome such a conversation? (laughs) Or would you say, no, 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 I don't like to be judged. You all know that if I could be sitting in the presence of somebody who I know really knows me and doesn't judge me in a negative way because they're crazy about me, they want to see me love, and I can feel it, I can feel it. Now, many of us can't feel it because we never did. And we model God based on our father or based on our mother 
or based on our teacher, or based on a community leader. And therefore, the moment we hear God, we're triggered in a very negative way. But I am asking you, I'm asking you, I'm asking myself to expand my horizons. Let's expand and ask, what if I could sit with somebody? And I can really feel that every word they're going to say is coming out of absolute acceptance and unbelievable connection. And I can really, really trust them with my darkest and most sinister and most vulnerable and scary parts. And they say, let's go through your life. Let's go through everything. The good and the bad and the ugly and the painful. Let's go through. That type of judgment, I would cherish. (laughs) I think everybody would cherish. Because it's such an opportunity for growth. But only if it comes from that space. So the Baal Shem Tov said, that Hashem loves every person, every Jew, more than parents love an only child that was born at a time when they didn't even think they can have a child. We say it every morning, Avas Oilam Ahavtanu, or Nusach Ashkenaz Ahavarab. And that's authentic. That's real. That's real. So my dearest friends, my dearest friends, I want to bless all of you, each and every one of you, from the depth of my heart, and bless myself, and bless all of us, and bless all of our brothers and sisters, wherever you are, that we should be able to have the courage and the confidence and the support and the assistance from ourselves, from our own inner selves, and from the people around us, to be able to really create new neural pathways, expand our horizons, open ourselves up to the true infinite value and depth of our existence. And this Rosh Hashanah, coronate the God in you as king, the infinity in you, the love in you, the beauty in you, the holiness in you, the splendor in you as king. Recognize that God's coronation is all about the infinite value he sees in you. Also have the ability to recognize all those parts of me that have been dictated by my traumas and therefore the mistakes and sins, quote unquote, that I have made, not in terms of blame, but in terms of identifying what is happening in me. And finally, really recognizing that a day of judgment in this case is a day of absolute honesty, honesty with every part of me in the presence of the one who loves me infinitely, who wants me to blossom infinitely, who I can trust infinitely, and who knows everything about me. This doesn't mean that I understand everything that happened in my life and why it happened. There's a lot of pain. We all have a lot of pain. But if I can really trust that my core self is trustworthy, And therefore, I can open myself up to those people and those realities who are trustworthy and not cut myself off from reality forever. Then that will, with God's grace, give us all a year of so much more clarity and so much more creativity and so much more compassion. And I bless each and every one of you to be able to find all the healing that you really deserve, all the healing that is already inside of you but that you should really be able to internalize it, to experience it, to embrace it, to live with it, and to be able to show up to life with your infinite beauty and creativity. Amen. Thank you very much.